Hello, Mudbug, and welcome to Clay at Our Core, podcasting about pottery from the corner of Montgomery Road and Hudson Avenue in peace-loving Norwood, Ohio. I am your clay pal, Ann Saker. It's a glorious October afternoon here at the studio, which is a perfect opportunity to introduce you to our newest artist-in-residence, Zara Hujar. She came to us from California earlier this month, and she and her sweet sidekick, Saya, are getting used to life here in the Queen City. We're going to talk to Zara on this episode 61, but first, Mudbug, a reminder. It always comes as a shock to realize that some people do not realize that they live in peace-loving Norwood. There's never a need to fight about parking. And yet, a few of our neighbors get, how shall I say this, ugly, if you so much as turn around in their driveway. Please exercise caution when maneuvering your vehicle around the neighborhood. We want you to come into the studio happy and leave the studio happy. Now, onto our conversation with Zara Hujar, our new artist in residence. Zara, uh, it is just so delightful to have you here in the studio. Uh, we are, uh, we're just thrilled to have you here. You bring such wonderful energy into the space, and so we're glad that you are a part of our core clay cult now. <laughs> yes. uh, so, Zara, tell me a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? Cool. Well, I'm originally from Morgantown, West Virginia. Yeah. I was born to two Iranian immigrants in probably the most non-Iranian state ever. So right. That was super fun and interesting. Right. When did they emigrate to the United States? Was it after the revolution? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, um, and it was for education purposes, like just a better way of life purposes. God, yes. All, you know, all the things. Yeah. Super lucky and privileged to have been able to be a part of like that family. And um, were you a, a child when they emigrated, or were you born here? I was born. I was born in. Um, Morgantown, West Virginia. Okay. And then um, we moved back briefly, but then came back again just to West Virginia. Okay. Do you know why your parents selected Morgantown, West Virginia? Um, I genuinely don't know. Okay. They didn't have like anything lined up here. I always joke around that it's because like where we're from in Iran is like the southern hillbilly area of Iran. Okay. <laughs> so, so there was a simpatico <laughs> right from the start. I yeah. get it. I get I it. Just it's like, and I think like if you look at West Virginia, it looks like Iran if you really squint, you know. Okay. Both kind of cat weird shapes. Yes. Like all the other U.S. states. For sure. So For sure. They chose there, and they like made a made home there. Everything. Um, I went to high school there, and after high school, I left West Virginia. So, yeah, I would think so. So <laughs> yeah, I was gonna ask, what was high school as a. a as a child of Iranian immigrants in West Virginia, what was that like? It was super weird, definitely. Like, I think, though, the weirdness and, like, the constant, like, it was like I was, like, I, I didn't know what diaspora was, but I was totally, like, as deeply into it as I possibly could be. And it was, um, but I found, like, you know, the people that I loved. I had, like, lots of friends that were, unfortunately, no other Iranians, but a lot of friends <laughs> who, like, yeah. also shared my love for, like, I, I went the emo route when I was, like, a teenager. Okay. Too much angst, you know, like that, what the heck, where do I belong? If angst. anybody had angst, <laughs> it was you, yeah. Zara. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so um, going that way, and then um, I had a really great art teacher, unfortunately never actually had a like experience in ceramics during high school but I did a lot of different like sculptural work um we had like a lot of painting it wasn't the most like 
robust in terms of what I've seen now since living in California, like what they offer, like those types of art programs in high schools, but it was great. And my, my teacher was, he was a really great guy. Well, and yeah. Morgantown is this little island of culture and thought oh, in, yeah. uh, in West Virginia, so mm-hmm. I can see how that could happen. Uh, so, okay, so uh, you knew at a fairly young age, did you, that you had an artistic uh, inclination? And how did you discover that when you were young? Um, I think just like how I feel like almost most kids probably discover it. Just like I always was finding myself drawing or make like using objects. To, I was always more sculptural actually than like more 2D work. So I was always building things. I was always like putting things together. My father has a very poetic side to him and also comes from like a line of more like artisan based. People. Isn't everyone in Iran a poet <laughs> yeah, or an artist or something like that? Always, he was always like singing poetry. Wow. He was always like he he's just he's been a really great like support and so has my mom. Like both of them have always like they noticed that I think early in me and kind of, they did actually um prior or like contrary to what I think a lot of people believe of like Middle Eastern parents, like they actually pushed for me to like pursue the arts and like that rather than go to like law, doctor, medicine, like, you know, all the, like, stereotypical things that right. they usually push. That an immigrant might push yeah, on a child, exactly. which is, you must succeed, succeed, succeed yeah. in a certain in way. In a certain way, yeah. Right. And so I was really thankful that they were able to allow me to explore that. That's great. Yeah. And so sitting on my lap here <laughs> that I'm patting ever so gently is your beautiful sidekick. Yes. Saya. And Saya has come with you on this journey. Yes. Oh yeah, she and uh, she's a she's a California surfer girl, but she's adapting here to Cincinnati, yes, isn't yeah. she? Well, she's originally actually a Chicago girl, so okay. I actually adopted her when I was briefly in a university in Chicago. But a lot of things happened there that I had to end up leaving and dropping out of that place, and then that actually kind of segued into how I found my love for clay because even at that university I still wasn't interested in ceramics I didn't even know that that was an option and um, but one really amazing thing that came out of it was Saya who is my little Chicago girl I adopted her super on a whim Saya is a dog we should probably tell <laughs> not a child. Uh, our listener here <laughs> yeah, not a child uh, she is a dog <laughs> Uh, with kind of like chihuahua ears and yes. a beagle face yes. and uh, Jack Russell energy. Jack, yeah, definitely, very much, very much. But also kind of has a laid back vibe here. Yeah. You know, it's all she's good. Chilling. I like to think she's a cat. She's a very cat like dog. Oh, is she? Okay, I think right. she is. All right, she's more like looking around, sussing places out. Than right. Like looking I don't know. I don't know. She's my first dog ever. I've never had a dog before her. It was very much like. Uh, because just how I was raised, I was raised by Muslim parents, which like usually you're not allowed to have a dog in Islam, and so really, yeah, it's it's like one of the things that I think more progressive Muslims are just like starting to get away from. Right. But for most Muslims, like a dog is not technically allowed unless you're like you need a service dog, you have a farm, and it's like protecting your farm. Right. It's like a working dog. Like having a dog in the house was always like very strange. And I so, had no idea. But yeah, it's one of the things that definitely when I was younger, I was just like, that was one of the things that made me question everything so soon. <laughs> and I was like, dogs are awesome. Like, why can't I have yeah, one? Yeah, right, right. Now? right. So, as soon as I left for college, I was out of the dorms and I was finally living in like an apartment situation. I was like, the first thing I did was try to get a dog and yeah. I got her. And it was very funny because we ended up just like 
bringing her into the apartment and she's like laying on the bed I bought her and I looked at the person I was living with at the time and I was like okay what do we do now yeah like, what happens next yeah <laughs> like, so it's been really fun like I've had the revolution <laughs> now what happens now what happens <laughs> exactly Okay, so uh, Zara, tell me a little bit about how you did get into clay. Yeah, it was a really, like, a, I feel like really beautiful and like serendipitous type of getting into clay. Like, um, so after I left the school in Chicago, I went back to West Virginia, went to like a doctor to just do like my checkups. And I was telling her about how like I didn't, I didn't know what to do anymore. I had dropped out of school. I wasn't sure like what my path was, I was, you know, super sad and depressed because, like, it's really, like, I don't know, world-changing to be, like, I left, like, the big opportunity I was trying to do, and now I'm back home, and she just really, like, casually offered to, like, maybe see if I wanted to get into farming with one of her other, like, patients, and so the next day, and I was, <laughs> it was a funny one because I was, like, I don't know, man, like, I'm trying to die, like, I don't want to farm, right. you know, like, <laughs> It's like a whole different thing to do and so um but then the next day i ended up meeting her other patient at uh, a gas station nearby and she drove me out to the farm which was in like the foothills of west virginia it was called round right farm and i ended up what was supposed to just be a like couple like hours getting into getting into like the feeling of farming ended up me being like me staying there and being a full-time farmhand with them and really, really going Did you really want to do that? I loved it. Did you really? Yeah, okay. I loved All right. farming. Okay. And so then I started, like, really pursuing farming as, like, a serious, like, life goal. And um, I just, like, lived, on, lived and worked on this farm. And another one of the girls who also worked there was a potter. And before I... Um, kind of like I decided after about a year that I did have to in fact like get out of West Virginia and like find something elsewhere and I had a family friend who had moved to California so I thought that would be my segue into like California which would be a, a lot more of a easier place I think to like kind of belong in for someone who looks like me so I I, I was ready to go out there and um, still didn't know much about ceramics until one of the other girls who worked there showed me some of her pots and I started thinking about like oh like how all of the like all the little like intricate streams that like come to like ceramics and farming that like make the larger river of like literally entire civilizations right like everything all of our civilizations have come from like farming and then where did the farmers need to store their seed and their grain their right flour. everything came from ceramics and then i thought about my iranian heritage and how all of that all goes together and i had this moment on my way to california where i was like holy crap like ceramics is like in me and like i have to like go into this and so when i ended up getting to there i found a studio out there where in california were you I was in Northern County, like okay. um, San Diego, okay. so like Vista, San Marcos area. Okay. And so I started working at a place called Fire and Mud Studios out there, just like doing like a lot of like, it's kind of similar to what I'm doing here, like studio upkeep, things like that. And I would just every day, like I would go in there and I would take classes. I would be taking classes at the community college there. And then I would take classes at the studio. And I slowly, after being there for so many, like, I started working there after being there for so many um, days and then after working there and like being a like 
just like kind of an intern they promoted me to being a teacher and I realized like there's not only do I love ceramics I also really love teaching ceramics and like because I think there's like totally this like um I don't like you see it in like people's faces right like when they finally they get it and like how happy they look and how like at peace they look and then sometimes not at peace sometimes it totally takes people the other way you know so I just I really enjoyed being part of that process and being able to like bring the same piece that ceramics was able to give me to these people and so then it was just kind of like history from there like afterwards I went I got serious with my community college credits finally like um what do you like qualified for in-state tuition started applying to universities got into the university that I ended up going to which was which was University of California Davis okay and um the one of the reasons I chose that was because it had both ceramics and also farming there and so right it's like sure. perfect it was like yeah. the most perfect little place and I ended up working on the farm there and just like taking as many ceramics classes as possible and just ever since then it's just there's been so many moments in between all that and during that that just all, I, everything started falling into place, you know, like the way that I feel like the universe wanted it to. Like in community college, I did a presentation on my favorite ceramic artist, which was a Iranian ceramic artist, Rahila Filsufi. And now I, three years ago, I was curated into a show with her. And it was wow. like everything just like, I don't know, like, I was talking to Alondra a lot about serendipity, and, like, that really, I think, plays a part in your life when you, like, really start to let just, like, the universe kind of, like, take heed and, like, go with the flow and not... I tried not to ever be too, like, um, I don't know, like, too structured with my, like, choices and, like, really just kind of went with my gut, and so far it's been so good, you Okay. Know? So yeah. how long were you in California? I was there for almost seven years. Okay. Yeah. And how did you come to find Core Clay? Yeah, so um, so the last Ensika that the most recent one that passed, the one in that March, was in Cincinnati. Uh-huh. Here yeah, in Cincinnati. I was in a show in that the one that I was in with Rahile was the Pro Vocality show. Okay. And so I did attend Cincinnati since I was in that show and I just kind of fell in love with the city. There's something about it that I I think resonated a lot with Morgantown and I had like missed that from being in California for so long and I just saw a lot of like upbeat like vibrant young artists here that I was really like I was yearning for and where I was in California that I wasn't really I wasn't finding exactly what I wanted I don't think you'll ever find the perfect place you know but it was just a lot of there's just a lot of energy here that like drew me in. I went to the Contemporary Art Center mm-hmm. and saw um, Basira Khan had a show in there, and it was like seeing this like queer Muslim artist, like Pakistani Muslim artist, in this like random Contemporary Art Center in Cincinnati. I was like, whoa, they're like. Well, that's not there. random. The, con- not the Contemporary right. Art Center is right downtown. It's, it's the, a huge jewel in mm-hmm. our city's cultural life. Yeah. So. Yeah, that was no small thing to no. be in there. Oh my yeah. god, no, it's huge. No, yeah. random was not the right. But right, but I get what you're saying to, though. To yeah. stumble upon, I was right. like, whoa, like right. I wasn't expecting to see that there, and so I really like started looking into Cincinnati. I started um, like just trying to figure out what kind of city this place was, and then I found Core Clay, and just everything that I saw was something that I had been looking for for so long. I had been 
like working at studios but never having like you know the like working in studios being fully immersed but always in other people's work right like I was always running the kilns I was the manager I was not ever like the person that can just make my own work and have right. that freedom and sure. that's what core play gives you and so at once I applied immediately did you know that we had an artist in residence position when you came to Cincinnati for Enseca? I did not. Okay. So you went back to Cincinnati, you went back to California, mm-hmm. you started noodling around on Google about mm-hmm. Cincinnati and you found us there. Absolutely. And you started looking at the prospect and you said, yeah. hot damn, they've got an <laughs> yeah. artist around. Okay. I was like, this is exactly what I've been looking wow. for. Like housing is taken care of, like studio is taken care of, free at reclaim clay as much as you'd want, like everything that you could possibly need. And the really relaxed but not so relaxed atmosphere that like allows you to really make what you need to make people are all like I have ideas and they're willing to work with me I brought so much wild clay because I'm really like really on a wild clay harvesting kick right now okay and I spoke to Darren and he's like yeah we can test some out and figure it out like I've been hoarding this is clay I've been literally like dragging around for like holy the past cow four oh years. man oh, and wow. I'm just like nobody will let me like test it out in their kiln and I don't have my own but now I'm finally here where I can just like I can play I can like let myself relax and like actually just like make work like I want to make now which I think is the biggest gift any artist could ask for what do you have on your mental agenda when you're making the art that you want to make what what what's that look like mm, that's a really good question I I mean I think it I'm actually that's a really good question I'm actually really thinking about my practice now and I've kind of been observing how I make and I've noticed like a really stark difference in what I make and I have this side of my work that's very heavy it's very based on feelings of the diaspora feelings of belonging feelings of you know Iranian politics of Middle Eastern politics all of these things that are extremely heavy to me and the way that I like visually bring them out is heavy work as well I work with a lot of like guilt in my work and a lot of survivors survivors guilt and all of those things and that's like one whole spectrum of my work and then I've noticed like I have all this really fun and like playful very like almost childlike work that like I invite just like me to but it's like also honing into my Iranian heritage everything at the end always ends up being my concept stems from in my environmentalism or Iran and mm-hmm. um, like just Middle Eastern imagery, feelings, patterns, and all of those things, right? And um, so I've been trying to figure out how I can like mesh the two or just somehow keep them separated and see if like maybe that's something I'm going to look into. Um, I'm already looking into what my show will look like by the end of the year. And it's totally going to be like a split two, like split three way idea that a lot of my work's interactive too, which is like I'm trying to like figure out how can I get people to like play with the work in the ways that I'm hoping they do without forcing it, you know, because mm-hmm. when you force it, it's just not authentic. Not real. Yep. Mm-mm. And so, um, yeah, I guess I'm really... I don't know just letting myself explore too and like there's I've been thinking about like all of the artists that their work is simply on process exploration and like 
material exploration and that's always been something that I've been really interested in and I've always told myself <laughs> she getting too heavy. A little heavy. <laughs> yep. Yeah, she yep. like get, tends to turn into like dead weight log when she falls yep. asleep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah she should fall. Cool. Yeah, Saya. Oh, I had her on my lap and yeah. <laughs> gonna uh. She was getting heavy. Yeah, she was getting a little heavy. Getting a little yeah. heavy. Well this is a very fascinating work here because I think that uh, oftentimes I think Sometimes artists and residents come and they don't quite know where they're going to go. Mm -hmm. But you came here with your own clay and you came here with an idea <laughs> yeah. and you came here with a vision. And yeah. and so have you been up, you've set up your space upstairs and oh, you love yeah. it? And, I've okay. settled in like really hardcore. I think it's a little too much at this point. Okay. Like, I'm really like a nester, I feel like is the best way to say it. Like I have my stupid little trinkets that come with me mm -hmm. everywhere, you know, like the special little figurine that like someone gave me years ago and they have to come with me otherwise I'm like totally like everything's out of whack. Everything's you know? jinxed for and, sure. Yeah, exactly. I get that. Yeah. But I'm also welcome to I'm hoping things like you know, you come to a place with like a lot of ideas and then I'm hoping a lot of those ideas maybe change or they stay the same or they evolve in a different way than I was right. expecting and I'm just excited to just make That's great. Everything. Yeah. What is the uh, what have you noticed about Cincinnati? What, what what has surprised you about moving here? I think like kindness is like the main thing. Like, kindness. Everyone here is so kind. Like not that I was expecting anyone to be upset or mean, but I just wasn't expecting like the level of kindness to be so like like um, breathtaking seems extreme, but like just so so prevalent right like mm -hmm. i feel like everyone has been really nice like not just in the studio but just throughout the town and i've been making it a point to like really get to know the like community where the artist and residence housing is and in walnut and, hills yeah in walnut do you hills. like walnut hills i love it yeah i think it's great there's like great coffee shop that i'm already like friends with all the baristas there right. and there's a little dog park that green man park yeah I go for sure all the time meet other dog owners and everyone's just been extremely kind and like there's like um i was trying to explain it actually to a couple of my california friends like there's like this authentic like grittiness here that i think like <laughs> like like i think californians sometimes pretend they have it but it's like super manufactured you know right but here it's like it's true it's real the one thing i've noticed that has been blowing me away is the amount of people who smoke cigarettes here but also in their car with the windows rolled up i've never seen that before anywhere huh. else have you seen that i see it everywhere and i'm just like that's crazy that is very interesting i have not noticed yeah. that but now i'm gonna look for you're it you're gonna see it now yeah once i started seeing it i was like wow they yeah. are like really cool man. and ohio still has a higher than the national average rate of smoking oh really oh, yeah. i didn't know i haven't seen cigarettes in so long since like california i know like, nobody really smokes cigarettes it's seven dollars a pack now that's crazy i know that's crazy um so it's all right well it's what what have you noticed about core clay what what makes us different from the studios you've been in um I think there's just like the level of community is really beautiful. I think the also the different like the diversity in what people are making is really mm -hmm. awesome. I think a lot of times with like community studios, I've been accustomed to just like bowls and cups and mugs, you know, right. which there's absolutely nothing wrong with that, but it's like just bowls and cups and mugs, right? And like here people are making super interesting things, everything 
it, it's just there's a lot going on there's a lot of like really great artists here and just really great people they let me bring Saya every day which right. has never happened at any studio ex- well except for Fire and Mud would let me but the other ones in between just like never let me bring her in and everyone's so kind oh here. no we love dogs here I know it's we really love dogs. Awesome. we love cats here too yeah um so I'd like to ask you what I what I call the the Laura Davis question. Yes. Uh, which uh, our listener here at Clay at our core will will know, uh, regular listener. Uh, the question is, what do you know now that you wish you had known when you got started in Clay? Yes, I think I thought so long and hard about this when I like learned like hinted it was hinted to me that that was going to be a question, right? And it's like. There are so many things that I feel like I've learned, but I think the thing that has been what's stuck with me the most and, like, really keeps me in ceramics is just, like, and it's cliche, and I'm sure people have said it before, but the community in ceramics is, like, insane to me. And just how, not just community in terms of people who are supporting one another, but also just the the way that it feels like such a huge field, but it's also so small, like... You'll go to a show and someone that you met at a workshop is there talking to someone else that you went to their show like a month ago and it's like everybody knows each other or knows of each other but it still feels so large and expansive sometimes but it still feels extremely small and familiar and like like you know like people will have their little like ceramic families and there's something about that that I think out of all the other art forms, I've never seen that before. Before I ever went into even sculpture, I was like into painting and then painting lasted for like a couple of years and then I went deep into sculpture and even between those worlds, like I never felt that like close-knit community that you feel in ceramics. And I also think that, that's a very good observation, Jada, and I also feel that there is a lack of competitiveness Oh, yeah, totally. In ceramics. Yeah. That doesn't, you don't, I don't feel it almost anywhere else. I mean, it just, this is a very, like, you know, like you do you kind of mm-hmm. vibe uh, anywhere you go in ceramics. I totally agree on that. And I, I think it's because, one, we're at, we're at a time right now where I think there's so much freedom within clay. And, like, ceramics is no longer just, like, I feel like in the past, right, like it was, there was always a a way to present ceramics, a way to present it as pottery or art. And like now all of those lines are being blurred. There's like so much freedom in how to use it, how to present it. Everything is like, there's so many seats for people to sit at and there's still like the auditorium still not full. No, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. There's just so much, like there's so many things to do and I've never seen competitiveness and like I see people like you know sharing glaze recipes or someone is interested in how someone built a piece they'll just straight up tell you how they built the piece and it's like to me that's like so beautiful and just like it it just makes you feel like it's it it's just like the most human art form I feel like which it literally is I I love that yes I absolutely love that idea Well, Zara, it's so wonderful that you are here. Thank you so much for speaking on Clay at our core about your life journey and your process. Uh, we've got a cart going by in the <laughs> hall. That's what we hear. That's what you get here at the studio. But it's just been so great to sit down and talk with you. We are very happy that you are, you're going to be here for a year in your yes. residency. Yes. And at the end of that year, you'll do a show here at the Mason Gallery. 
Well, we're and you're going to be teaching classes as well at some point. So we're just so excited to have you here. So thank you so very much for your time. And we'll revisit again when you're uh, on to something new here. Woo, sweet. Woo, sweet. Awesome. Take thank care. You, so much. you bet. Bye-bye. What an insight, Mudbug, from Zara Hujar, that in ceramics, there are so many seats for people and the auditorium is still not full. I love that idea. Thank you, Zara, and welcome to Cincinnati and to Corclay. Now for some studio notes. Mudbug, I hope you caught our Instagram post this week tagging Joey Votto and inviting the Red Star to Corclay. I just feel so bad for him, sitting around, unemployed, waiting to find out if he has a job in Cincinnati next year. So we invited him to come on into the studio Spend some time with Clay. If you know Joey Votto, bring him on in. I will be happy to teach him how to throw on the wheel. Our next Clay Club on Tuesday, that is Halloween, will be all about hand-building pipes with our own Sam Jane in the lead. Reminding that Clay Club is free to observe, and if you want to participate, bring your own clay and tools. They get started at 615 the November 1st Friday firing is next week, and the cult pastor has decreed that we shall put the big Bailey gas kiln into reduction. If you want a piece of that action, and why wouldn't you, kiln boss Darren Simmons asks that you get your wares into the firing carts no later than this coming Sunday, October 29th. And on April 5th, the Clay Alliance, our regional craft guild, will be hosting the annual Empty Bowls fundraiser at Arnold's Bar and Grill downtown. Get your tickets, only $30, at the Clay Alliance website. Finally, Mudbug, next week we will start loading the Mason Gallery and Gallery Store full of beautiful things for the holidays. We aim to be ready for buyers by Black Friday, which is November 24th, and the big Clay Alliance Regional Holiday Sale, December 2nd. We want everyone at Core Clay to show off their art, so if you've got wares to sell, Come talk to me or gallery director Sam Boganski about getting into the store. That's it for episode 61 at Clay at Our Core. This is your Clay pal, Ann Saker, hoping that the Killing Gods are smiling upon you. See you next time. <laughs>